Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real-life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Hello and welcome to the show. Today, our guest is Kenneth Sumners. He's the principal of Sumners Capital based in San Antonio, Texas. And he's got a great story that we're going to share with you. Basically, his trajectory from a fairly traditional path, going to college, getting the corporate job, getting married, having children, all those uh, kind of typical uh, aspects there of growing up. And then the deliberate um, pursuit of large multifamily specifically and how he took down a deal that we're going to go into a great bit of detail on today. Um, and skipping a lot of the small stuff, skipping the single family world, skipping small multifamily, going right to building a team, um, building a, a peer group of people that could help him accomplish this goal and going out and taking down a big project, 176 units right out of the gate. So there's a lot to learn uh, from Kenneth's story, and he's very candid about kind of the, the challenges and setbacks along the way and then ultimately how he got the deal done. So we're going to pick that apart. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Before we jump into the episode, if you're interested in seeing future DJE projects, investment projects we put out, and you're not currently set up in our investor portal, just go to djetexas.com and you can sign up for the portal access there. We can get to know you. We can set up a call, send you case studies, you name it. Um, so you can get to see the kind of deals we've done over the last 10 years in Central Texas. Secondly, if you are interested in operating and going out and doing these deals yourself, We've got a free eight-part video series for you at apartmenteducators.com that lays out the business model for you there. And we've got a whole ecosystem and set of tools within apartmenteducators.com as well to show people how we uh, do these types of projects. So that's available for you. Okay, without further ado, let's jump into the episode here with Kenneth. Here we go. Kenneth, welcome. Good to see you in the studio. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks, Devin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, let's jump in and talk about multifamily real estate. And there's all kind of stuff we were talking about before in the green room about where we wanted to take this. But let's just kind of start at the beginning with a little bit of your background. Um, and what was the impetus for you coming to real estate? Sure. And, um, you know, before I get started too much, I want to say this is kind of surreal to be here on the podcast. I've been, you know, listening to this podcast for the past, I don't know, couple of years or so yeah. and just hearing the, you know, uh, welcome to the DJE podcast yeah, right. intro girl at the beginning. Yeah. That was really, you know, kind of fun. So it's kind of cool to go full circle and, uh, and I'll be here. So awesome. thanks for having me. Yeah, I love it. I can completely appreciate that. I've had moments like that over the years and, um, I, I, I definitely get it. So <laughs> awesome. Awesome to have you here. And part yeah. of having you here is, is about a recent, like really big multifamily deal you close. So kind of celebrating right. that too. So yeah, we'll, we'll get into that, but sure. So, yeah. you know, kind of my, my, you know, upgrading, I'm a native Texan grew up in kind of the DFW area. Um, and, uh, so I just, you know, normal kid went to high school, you know, I was in scouts, got me Eagle scout and all that stuff back when, and then, uh, you know, went to Texas A&M, got my bachelor's in management information systems, um, then went to work. And so it kind of seems like a pretty, uh, pretty boring journey in a lot of ways from the surface. But what traditional trajectory, traditional, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And, and that could be, you know, it's, it's satisfying in a lot of ways. You know, I got married after college, have two kids now. And, and you know, in that part of life is, is, is wonderful. It's great. Sure. Um, but one of the unique things I think about 
is the the fact that real estate's always kind of permeated my journey and, and kind of interwoven into uh, you know into how I've done things throughout life and the decisions I've made. And a lot of that kind of stems back to a buddy of mine that I grew up with, and we were you know we were really talking about like how do you you know how do rich people live right you know how do yep. rich people get rich you know and, and yep. as a normal person how do you do that right and yes and just you know it's it's an interesting thing to kind of you know talk and jab about as kids but you know we we kind of took it a little bit a step further and i was lucky that this guy uh was years beyond his wisdom um or w- wisdom was beyond his years i should say uh, sure sure and uh, and so he you know he was like all right let's start reading books about this stuff so we we came across like rich dad poor dad you know, common book that, that people start out with. And it kind of, you know, flipped the switch for me and, and said, okay, what is, you know, uh, what is an asset? What is a liability? How do you, how do you kind of track this stuff? How do you understand, you know, what's, what's something that makes money for you, right? Right. Instead of just trading, you know, hours for dollars. Yep. So, you know, that didn't, you know, that wasn't an immediate thing to say, okay, now tomorrow I'm doing something about it, but it kind of stuck in my head and that stayed with me for a while. So yeah, it's a seed, right? I mean, that seed gets planted and sometimes it takes, I mean, frankly, years to to really develop, but it it was there. Yeah, it was there. And kind of fast forward to college, you know, that same, same buddy of mine, uh, we were roommates in college and we were looking for a, uh, a place to stay. And we're like, why don't we just buy a house? And we have five guys that we can rent it out to and, and kind of house hack as as they call it now but now you know then it was just hey let's just try to do this thing sure and it was the good old days of of uh finance where there's like zero money down and and you know no interest almost and you just had to sign on the dotted line no no doc uh this is like pre-2008 yeah yeah well well before you know yeah years before that all that stuff happened and uh, so we just needed our parents' signature because, of course, we had no clout. We're you know, yeah. college students. So yeah. uh, so we made this big presentation and all that and took it to them. And, oh, really? Yeah. Like and, an investor pitch. Yeah, an investor pitch to our parents. And all they had to do was sign. They're like, you know, we're, we're saying you didn't have to pay for housing for us for the rest of, you know, the time we're in college. Seems just, like a good deal. Just full recourse. Just full recourse. Yeah, college. that's all. Just sign, sign on the line. <laughs> and they said no, you know. Oh, really? Stop. Yeah. So oh, they said no. They said no. <laughs> was this your parents or his parents or both, both. of them? Both, yeah. Oh, they're maybe smart. I don't know. It was totally smart. Yeah. yeah. We, we had no business doing that, but, but we, we got to the point where we could do it and, and we okay. got, we, we built this. I mean, we talked to the bank and we got, you know, got the documents. I mean, it was the whole thing. We found the house and, uh, but anyway, it was like our first, you know, hard stop into real estate and said, okay, let's, let's take a different route. So right. kept figuring stuff out and, and just, again, kept that in our mindset. Uh, you know, again, fast forward a number of years, I, you know, we're both doing our jobs, doing our thing and. Uh, and I decided, okay, I'm going to try it again. And I started with single family real estate because that's, you know, kind of what I knew, right? Um, right. Yeah, we I all had, kind of have a framework of understanding that. So yeah. the, the house hack deal in college, that yep. worked? It, it didn't. It yeah. didn't work. They said no. Did, we, just, we just went off and rented gotcha. a house. But it was an that. attempt. It was an attempt. Which it was is, my first, like, hey, let's try it. And, and I got, you know, uh, got the door slammed in my face. I was like, okay, yep. let's try another way. Well, that's an important step. It is, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so anyway, so, you know, going through, I finally was like, all right, let's, let's actually buy something. I, I, uh, joined a group that was kind of doing this. And, uh, right. and so I had some support. We did it a couple times and, and, uh, and, you know, had a five figure loss on, on the second deal I did. I'm like, okay, 
I got to take a step back and make sure that I've got my, you know, my ducks in a row because I also had a, you know, a regular job too. Sure. And I realized this, you know, I started doing the math on this and how scalable single family really was. And yes. I didn't want to do this as my full-time job. So Right. You already had you know, a good job. I had a good job. Yeah. I was enjoying it. I still enjoy it. And, and it was, it's great. Um, but yeah, so I didn't want to transition to that single family house thing. So, uh, so I kind of put a pause on that and again, went back to my career and focused on that. Um, so I, I built a you know a good career in in you know network consulting um, you know and so I learned how to talk to people, learned how to explain complex topics to people that might not have as, as technical a background. So mm-hmm. it, it helped me kind of relate to you know people, almost sales ish, but not you know I mean more bringing partners on to to do a project. So right, um, you know then I got introduced uh, to uh, a mutual friend of ours, Abel Pacheco. And he uh, he was like, hey, we're doing like multifamily stuff, commercial deals. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of intrigued me and said, hey, come to our meetup. You know, we got this meetup, and so it was low stakes. Just come yep. and hang out with the you know you know a dozen people and talk about real estate stuff. So started doing that and and really learned what commercial real estate was, learned what multifamily was, how mm-hmm. regular everyday kind of people can get into it, and. Uh, and with my mindset throughout this whole thing, knowing that real estate was going to be part of my journey, uh, it just clicked then and said, okay, this is going to be, you know, this is my jam. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, so I, I made the transition to say, you know, okay, I'm going to hit the education hard. Um, you know, I, that's when I was, you know, talking about listening to your podcast that, you know, I'd, sure. I'd go for lunch and just walk around, you know, yep. the area, earbuds in my ear and just, just consume knowledge, you know, read books, do all this. Uh, and finally, I got to a point where I could go into a room and like, you know, not look like an idiot. And, yeah, you know, that's such a that's such an important those, both those pieces. I did the same thing for a couple of years while I had my day job and was kind of doing both. It was just like, I mean, hundreds of hours of consuming content. Sure. And I remember I, I sat down with a with a banker for some unrelated thing. But we started talking multifamily and I didn't miss a beat with him. And I was like, he doesn't he doesn't know. He thinks. He thinks I know this stuff. And right. it was like a huge epiphany for me <laughs> was that I'd like consumed all information and could actually regurgitate, regurgitate it right. intelligently. Uh, you have to take those steps, right? You really do. Yeah. And, you know, but, the, you know, and that, that you can get so far with that, right? Um, right. And so then, you know, I, I needed a helping hand. I needed, I needed a, a mentor, a partner to kind of walk through the, the going from education to like pulling the trigger. Let's, let's right. do something. Right. Right. And so I, I was like, I, I got to have somebody there. I'm not just going to go out and just wade in the water and see what happens. That's not my, that's sure. not how I work. So sure. Partnered up with a, uh, an education group, a mentorship group. Um, you know, to be candid, it was the, uh, the apartment educators group. Yeah. Um, great group here in San Antonio and growing, you know, uh, buying rapidly. A, everybody's buying a lot of deals. They are. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So it's, it's a cool group to be a part of. I joined yeah. a, another group um, just as kind of a community, just to kind of get some other, uh, like-minded folks, like-minded folks, and just yep. get different takes on it. Like, is, yes. is this group? You know, this this isn't the only way to do it, right? Right. So different groups do it in different ways. So it's nice to for me to get a couple of different you know varieties and see what's the same, see what I kind of tend towards, right? And uh, so anyway, so join this group, and uh, you know, just a couple years later, after you know underwriting probably a hundred, you know, hundred twenty deals, yeah. Found the one and and uh, was able to to you know to take down my first multifamily deal after you know that 
you know, long run of history. So it's been pretty cool. I love it. So how many single family investment projects did you do prior? I just did two. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I learned pretty quick. Uh, that's one thing I, I, I tend to try to do is, is, uh, not, not keep banging my head on the wall. If something's not working, you know, I, I try to build a, I try to build a process and a procedure before I go into a venture sure. and make sure that it's scalable. Um, and with that, I, I learned pretty quickly that the assumptions I had made were kind of off and how, how much time commitment, how much, you know, just, uh, emotional commitment. Yes. Um, brain I damage, mean, brain damage. I had, yeah. I had to do. And, and just, you know, every time I drove by that on the highway, by that property, I'd get this like, you know, gut wrench in my <laughs> stomach. I'm like, I, this guy's not working on my project. This guy's screwing me over for this and that. You yeah, know? yeah. And uh, and so it was it was just a painful experience. I'm like, I don't want to live like that. That's yes. not you know, that's not worth it. So um, that's why I kind of took a pause on it. So my single family career was very short lived. Good for you. Mine was way too long lived. You know, <laughs> it was a mistake that I look back on. I was I was uh, when I I tend to go get pretty intense about things when I commit to them, and it it worked. You know, but. Uh, just a couple of years of a whole lot of brain damage for sure. Right, right. So, uh, and then I ultimately came to the same conclusion you did that there's a more scalable way to do this uh, right. real estate thing. Yep. So, um, well, let's, let's talk about the deal. Like, you know, I guess let's just go chronologically, you sure. know, I mean, you've got to get that base layer of education. Um, some people don't do that enough. Some people do that too much and they never get off, you know, the, the right. first, uh, they never get moving at all. They just kind of educate and, and stay, um, uh, paralyzed with fear, which is understandable. So, but it's a balancing act. You, you've got to get some education, but you also at some point have to go out and pull the trigger on something. Um, so let's talk about chronologically through how you, you know, how did you think about this in terms of, you know, did you start your company first? Did you start talking to investors? Were you, making offers on deals, you know, what was all that pre-work that went in, sure. uh, to, to landing a deal? And then we'll, if we'll get into the specifics of the deal itself. Yeah. Too. So, you know, there's, there's a number of different roles, of course you can do in this. And that's one of the, one of the beauties. And that's one of the, per, uh, you know, the benefits I thought of, of multifamily real estate is, sure. is you can, you can kind of find what you do best, what you enjoy and, and focus on that a lot and, and really plug in a lot of partners or bring in partners and vendors and things like that to fill in all the pieces that you can't do. And yep. single family is hard to do, you know, definitely anybody, small pie. Yeah. Anybody who's listening to this podcast knows, you know, there's, you know, it's a, it's a team sport, you know, we gotta, um, we, you have to bring in other people to, to do these things. So, yep. and I'm very much a team, you know, team player. I, I don't, I don't kind of go off on my own and do my own thing too often. Like I like to bring people to, to all do, I'll experience it together. You know, it's right. interesting to me. So, uh, so I, I pretty quickly realized my, you know, I guess my forte was in the analytics, um, and, uh, and that kind of thing. That's, that's, you know, I'm a technical person. And so that helps, like I can read a spreadsheet and I can, you know, I can look at the, what we call the underwriting models, the, the Excel sure. spreadsheet essentially of all the different numbers that a deal, you know, um, has. And so I could take that and, and apply assumptions to it and know where to, 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 you know, to tweak things, turn knobs and, and flip switches and stuff to make things, uh, you know, accurate and then kind of see the output and see if it's worthwhile. Right. Right. So that was my focus. And so my time, my time frame was really focused 
almost 100% on learning how to underwrite correctly, you know. Right, um, which is an undertaking. It's a huge – yeah, and, and a lot of it is, is not a matter of knowing how the, the, the underwriting works. It's a matter of how to apply assumptions to it, right, and right. do that correctly because that's, that's all it is, is is putting assumptions into something that spits out a result, right? And so, um, you know, talking with people, uh, going on tours, uh, you know, and, and just getting to know the world is is a is a daunting task. So that's kind of what I focus on really 100%. So, sure. Uh, then I got confident enough in that ability to, to actually start talking with brokers, going on, you know, tours with people. Um, and, and Which is was, a big leap. It because, is. Because um, you know, you've got to get some baseline education, learn the nomenclature of the business and, right. you know, some of the acronyms, things like that. And then you've got to understand underwriting, which is a different skill set. Right. And then you've got to go put that in a practice in front of somebody in the in the real world in the marketplace. Right. And we always kind of caution people not to be too quick on broker relationships because if that your first impression, if you're not, you know, you go into it half baked, that that's your first impression with that broker, and that might stick around for a while. Well, and that's that's something that I kind of over, uh, uh, I guess, brushed over a little bit is the is the intent to you know build the the line of sight to equity and to debt, right? You know? the you know the money side of things needs to be in place before you start really in earnest talking with brokers because if right. if you found something a, a deal you underwrite it you're ready to pull the trigger then what you know uh, sure if you don't have your money lined up or at least a way to yeah. get to it and, yeah exactly a way to get to it so my my fo- my uh, I guess the way I handled that was strategic partnership so I said right. I'm not going to be raising four million dollars sure um, you know first first time out first time out yeah. you know that's that's not you know, not my forte. I don't have that kind of, you know, that kind of community around me right away. So I started talking with other, you know, other people in these groups. Um, and so I kind of built up a, a, a good list of folks that say, hey, you know, if the project meets some criteria, you know, we would want to partner with you on, you know, um, you know, going through def- different roles. But one of them being, um, you know, raising capital for your project. Sure. And, join, you know, partnering together and taking it down together. Sure. And, uh, and so I had a number of people in that. And so the, what I found that was almost like my investor discussions with a lot of people, like, you know, you're, you're bringing on passive investors for a lot of people. Well, instead of doing that, I was talking with, um, c- potential capital raise partners, right? Which is uh, very efficient. Yeah. Which can be efficient. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, I was very like, leveraged, right? It, yeah, it is leveraged. leveraging so, other right. people already spent the time. That's right. You can go have 200 coffees and investor meetings. Um, or you can have five meetings with people that have already had those conversations. Exactly. So, right. and people that are a lot better at it and more efficient. Sure, you know, they're just uh, more mature in the business, right? That's right. Yeah. And uh, so that was how I leveraged that side of thing. Then you know, I, I tied in with uh, some great loan brokers to to kind of bring in the equity side. I found out right. exactly what they needed. Right. Um, and so I knew that if I brought them a deal like this that was underwritten like this with these components, um, right, that we could do, you know, we can have the debt. So we had the equity, we had the debt, you know, and then I was comfortable talking with brokers and, and actually putting in LOIs, uh, uh, letters of intent on deals. And that's a kind of a non-binding agreement to say, not agreement, but a non-binding letter to say, this is the intent to buy your property at this price, some rough stuff. And then you right. get into the, the actual, you know, contract after that. But um, so I was submitting a fair amount of, you know, LOIs at that point. And, uh, and so, you know, you just kind of wait, you, it's almost a numbers game at that point. You, you want to make sure that every time you, you submit an offer, 
that you could take that offer down, you know, right. Uh, and be legitimate about it. And then you, you kind of progress and, and find one that just the, the stars align and, and you're able to take it. Yeah. I love it. So a lot of pieces, a lot of work goes into getting to that stage. Right. Let's talk about this specific deal sure. that you closed. Um, the LOI goes out and what, what happened after that? So the LOI goes out. We we went through probably five, six iterations of it. You know, sure, big negotiation sure. points, of course. And yep. So, um, you know, that took a little bit of time to, to go through it. So they said, okay, we accepted your LOI. And I got the phone call, and I was, you know, re- really excited. It's huge, but, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge deal to have that accepted. Say, hey, you know, we're going to let you buy our property, which is kind of a funny thing. So, but, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, also like the trigger for all the work. That's right. Because before, if, without an accepted LOI, everything before that, is really just kind of running through the motions, underwriting, making offers, touring. It's all, you know, and the LOI is non-binding, but everything else is really not committal. It's just doing the work, sifting through it. But boy, once that LOI is accepted, that's when like, okay, the whole team comes together and the clock also starts ticking, right? That's right. And so the clock started ticking. We were, you know, started out with the the purchase sale agreement, the PSA, you know, started those final negotiations to really, you know, get it all done. Right. Started bringing the partners online that, um, that we had, you know, again, I'd built up the relationships with. And it's funny, just like investors, uh, you know, passive investors, it's like, it's, it's a matter of their commitment and timing, right? Yes. Because, you know, I talked with some people and they were absolutely committed to working with me. Uh, they would say, Hey, I, I want to be a partner with you. That's great. And it came up and they said, man, I'm, I'm in another project right now. I yeah. can't do it. Yep. And, and you know, of course I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's, no fault know, of their no own fault to, to them. No fault right. to me, but you know, so that's why I couldn't just have, you know, two people that I was talking to. And right. if one of them dropped out, I can't do a deal. Well, that, that yeah. isn't a good way to run my business. So, sure. so I made sure to have enough people to where, you know, if, uh, that we could find the, the appropriate people to, to plug in. So got the partners together and, uh, and started through, you know, we were a day away from the PSA and, um, and the seller came back and said, Hey, we, we took another offer. Huh. Uh, so it's non-binding, you know, it's, it's totally legal, you know, and all sure. that, but it was kind of frustrating, of course, as you can imagine. So you're just about to ink the PSA. Yeah. I mean, we've gone back, there's the second iteration of the PSA. I mean, this was, this was just, you know, um, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Yep. And he said, hey, I took another offer for, you know, X amount more um, from this uh, capital group up in, like, you know, New York or something like that. It's a mm-hmm. private equity firm. Those New York PE Yeah, firms, so they just they, – they're throwing money at it. And, yeah. Um, so, anyway, so, like, all right, I guess I'm out of the deal. You know, so be it. So, I, you know, went back to the grindstone. Um, you know, not a week later, um, the, the broker calls me back and said, lo and behold, you know, they, they signed the PSA. Money never came from the group. Uh, they never heard from them again. You no know, earnest money. No earnest money was del- they ghosted. They signed the PSA and then ghosted them. No, That's no so earnest bizarre. money. Anything. No explanation and on that. I'm sure there was, but none, none to none, me. None that got to you. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, I'm well. Good. Right. My, my assumption was they probably. I mean, what I was buying it at was a good good price. What sure. they were offering was uh, I couldn't make work. Right. You know, I couldn't match that or anything. That that wasn't going to be good for my investors. So right. My thought is they probably looked at it. And said, "Hey, this is a great dollar per you know uh, dollar per door um, deal in New York." They just saw it as a San Antonio deal, great. Yep. But yep. they didn't know the sub market. They didn't know the area, which I, I you know I've been here for 16 years. I know this area and, and know it well, so I knew that wasn't going to work. So they, I, I assume, they just kind of re underwrote it and said, "Hey, let's um, you know let's back out." So called me back up, and I was like, "Well, let me try to you know." 
see if we can get it for a lower price or do something, you know, get some kind of benefit out of it. Of course, none of that happened. Um, sure. Kept it at the same terms and all this, but it was, it was kind of extended uh, in that time frame. So it was right. closer to the end of the year. Okay. And that put a, uh, a bit of a, you know, a, a new twist to everything. You know, we, we all wanted to close by the end of the year. And this was going into, uh, I guess, late September, mid September. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a 60 day kind of close. Right. And so they were, you know, drag out the PSA and all that. And, and by the time we signed, it was like, you know, end of the year close was, was probable, but it wasn't a given. So right. that put a whole new spin on things and being, you know, uh, and this is my first deal. Right. So, and what was the push to get it done before the end of the year? Yeah. So, you know, it, where it doesn't mean a lot, January one or December 31st, as far as operations, you know, uh, that doesn't really matter, but with uh, it really came down to the taxes. So yeah. you know, you, you do you do your taxes, and in the first year of a of a deal, uh, a lot of times we're able to to give um, you know some some uh, losses on a deal. You know, and and I'm not a attorney, uh, or I'm not a, a CPA. CPA, yeah. that whole that whole thing. <clears throat> little disclaimer, disclaimer here in the middle of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. right. And uh, not investment advice. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so. You know, the, we were we we're hoping to be able to do that, and especially right now, not right now with bonus depreciation, like that first year means a lot. Right. So we wanted to, you know, at the end of the year, a lot of investors are either they've already committed all their funds for the year, or uh, or they're trying to place funds at the end of the year. So it's really, you know, right. kind of uh, a do, you know, it's 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 one or the other. And know. it's kind of a selling point if you're raising capital. That's right, right? because people are looking at the end of the year. Uh, they're looking at their tax planning. They're looking at their tax liability, and a lot of times looking at these uh, syndication uh, real estate vehicles as a yeah, the return blah blah blah, three year hold, five year hold. But but like man, it's it's October and I need some I need me some depreciation this year. That's right. right. Yeah, maybe they just sold something <laughs> right. in, in August and they're like they're, they've been looking for something to to find where to offset those uh those capital gains yeah. or something another sponsor sends out an email hey we're we're going full cycle which is great now you get your money back but now you got a tax oh, consequence what? right so so this this is a way to to have people do that so you know closing in 2021 um was important where right. if we close in 2022 you know you still get the same you know, probably the same depreciation in theory, but sure. it's just the next next tax next year. Tax so year. that doesn't help people that are trying to offset something from that that tax year. So, right. So that was a big, you know, um, you know, a big challenge to overcome and say, let's we got to get everything right in line because these things yeah. don't always happen no. on time. You know, yeah. Things get extended. Oh, yeah. Real and, estate closings. I mean, of course. Right. And it's like construction deadline, you know, just, yeah. it, 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 it almost means nothing. So, yeah, that's right. Um, so just trying to herd cats and get, you know, get the right people um, to do what they were, to, you know, being told that they were going to do and things like that and holding people to the fire and say, hey, let's, you know, we got to get this done. And uh, and so we had great, you know, great vendors, great partners to be able to really put it all together. Sure. And, and it was, we were able to overcome it. We, we, we closed December 29th at like 8 p.m. or something. <laughs> Um, what day of the week was that? You remember? That was a Wednesday, I believe, something okay. like that. You know, Wednesday or Thursday, I want to say. So days despair. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. hours, hours despair. And uh, and so you know, it's it, what's so funny about this stuff. And so I own the, you know, we we own this property for three days, right? Right. Uh, in twenty twenty one, we're gonna you know potentially be able to send out a huge you know K one loss right in this first year. You know, yeah. even though we owned it for three days, that's so, hilarious. Just yeah. the way that real estate works and taxes work. But it got in under the wire, which is awesome. We got it done. Yeah. Oh, 
So that was part of the, you know, I think I had a, I had a good background in project management experience. And so I kind of knew, you know, how to, how to run something like that with a hard deadline. And yep. so I was able to kind of find where the, where the critical path was and, and just, you know, keep, you know, keep hammering on the, on the people that owed us stuff to make that deadline. And we, That's right. We did it. No, I love it. Well, congratulations on Thank that. Um, nothing, you know, nothing matters as long as it gets closed, right? All's right. well that ends well. Right. What was, you know, the, your capital stack is a, is a bank loan and some investor equity. Which was, I guess, more challenging or threw up more surprises for you? Oh, good question. Um, the so they, I mean, it was different challenges, right? Yes. So yes. on the on the equity side, I mean, it, it was partnering with people so you're you're at an arm's length away from the the investors in the deal so sure. you know um so i had to you know i had we had weekly calls with the uh with the with all the partners and said hey you know where are we on this and we had commitments from these folks and uh some people were doing re- really well some people were were slower you know to start right. and so that was you know it's like it's out of your control so i had to you know uh, it was more of a pep talk almost than a than a than a meeting because they're they're my partner. I'm not going to like beat them over the head and say you got to do this. You know, sure. that's their that's their job, right? So yeah, I let them do their job and just kind of keep keep running with it. So that while was the a, clock's ticking, while the clock's ticking, that's tricky. And and there's a fair amount of money on the line. Absolutely, if you, don't, you know, don't uh, finish up. So it's a yeah, your your money's at risk. Yeah, my my money's at risk. Right, and uh, and so we're like, you know, this is this has got to happen. So, um, so just kind of you know, fostering that and shepherding, you know, that, that relationship and knowing, okay, what's the ripcord? What's, what's a way to, you know, uh, to maybe plug in another partner if we had to, right. You know, if we had to at the last minute, what, what's a, what's a plan B or a plan C, you know, right. Uh, and have to have those, those, uh, you know, those exit ramps. So, um, so, you know, building that, that was a whole new challenge in and of itself on the, on the debt side, the the just the amount of back and forth and the paperwork and the you know the detailed things and the weird questions that are asked it's you know incredible. That, that you know in retrospect you know they, they mean nothing they didn't you know they didn't really mean anything then and they don't mean anything now right but they had to be answered right of course right um, and the right amount then. of people and attorneys cc'd on these threads yes yeah. and just keeping amazing. up with the emails you know yeah there's <laughs> 50 emails a day yeah. going through and just having all these different group anyway right so it's a mess and, and it's it is you know a mess. you know there's a better way to do it um you know if everybody had some like one central portal right that you right. put all your documents in but right. you know, they, they insist on you know email threads and right. stuff of course well, like we're in the 21st century here man. yeah 100 uh, percent. i've done some of those with some portals and it does it does streamline things but i think right. the sheer volume of uh paperwork required and the number of parties involved just inherently makes it that's right. Nuts. Yeah. And the in the the editing to kind of your business plan in a lot of ways. Right. I mean, that doesn't change till you till you, you know, till you're closed. Sure. Uh, and even of course in operations after you close that could change, but that's a that's a fluid thing and you kind of continue to build that and make sure that it meets criteria throughout the throughout the time. So, sure. Uh yeah, that was a unique learning experience just all the players involved and just not being overwhelmed with the fact that this, this, you know, there's a lot of people here, but what was really cool about it that's different from like a single family closing or working with a single family, uh, you know, contract or something like that is, is, is all these people are, you know, they're, they're specific, specific to their job. Like right. we have a real estate attorney that does this day in and day out, have yep. been for, you know, decades. Yep. 
that's huge. You he's know? not guessing on it. He's not guessing on it, and right. it's you know they they're speaking their terminology, and they're and he's going to bat for you. You know, right? Um, and that's great to to have them on board. You're working with professionals, you know, uh, and that's a huge one selling of, point. One of my favorite things about the, about the multifamily world is all the players, sure. for the most part, are yeah. sophisticated. So in in I'm I feel like I'm the least sophisticated person in the room in a lot of sure. ways, and that's the room I want to be in. Absolutely, you know, I want to make sure that the people I'm hiring to do these things, um, they're you know they're top notch and they're doing it. So right. I was able to to surround myself around partners and vendors and things like that. That uh, that this is just another Tuesday for them, which is cool. So yeah. Uh, so that was a you know learning experience and learning all the you know all the little terminology and all the little things throughout the time that you don't you don't get from a book you know there's nobody writing a book on uh, you know on, on these kind of closings and stuff right right uh, or not that anybody would want to read and even if they did you know until you experience it for yourself it just does it's it you, you don't get the full benefit of, of you know I think the edu- I think education can get you about halfway that's right you know but n- yeah. until you're in the seat and it's on your shoulders. There's just no substitute for that. Yeah, and so that's a huge learning experience, which was a fun deal. You know, to I always sure. like learning new things and just kind of being thrown in the deep end a lot of times. Yeah, that's, that's what this was. But, yeah, well, you got the, it. <laughs> yeah, right. But you know, it, that's there's difference between throwing in the deep end and not having a lifeguard there to say, you know, right. Um, you know, I've done this before. Just you know, and and have some guidance or some partners involved, and and you know, and I had that. I had that kind of backing of saying. Look, let's you know, um, you know, let's uh, let's bring you in, or, or let's let you do your thing for a while, and then right. if something's starting to turn off course, then come talk to me. Let's yep. talk and, and say, hey, is this normal, or hey, this is what I did. Great. Yep. So that was cool about having that community to to turn back to. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, especially uh, early on in deals. I mean, that's sure. it's it's vital. Well, let's talk about the asset itself. Sure. You know, uh, location, size. You know, whatever you want to. Whatever you want to share, vintage, yeah. kind of just physical yeah, characteristics. Yeah, so this was a 176-unit uh, property in uh, in South Central San Antonio in yeah. the Harlandale submarket, uh, if you know San Antonio at all. And it's a 1965 property, so it's it's a little bit older asset uh, sure. relatively in San Antonio. Um, and uh, and so it's, you know, we'd, be, we'd consider it a, a Class C property as, as far as like A being new, B being kind of the, the mid-grade, you know, uh, property. This is a more of a working class um, you know, type asset, uh, really pretty well maintained, um, right. you know, beautiful grounds, you know, it was really large grounds, like 10, you know, a little over 10 acres, uh, and on 176 unit, it's that, that means it's pretty spread out. Yeah. That's nice really thing. low density. That's right. Um, yeah. I remember you talking about that deal and that was the first time that it clicked for me that it was 10 acres. I'm yeah. like, that is really right. huge. That's a lot of, that's a lot of land. Which, which is great. Which is great. And also, you know, which means they don't have to stack them on each other. So most yes. of them are single single story. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's you know, some, probably a third of them are, are, uh, are two-story buildings. So, yeah. uh, you know, so single story is really nice for in a lot of ways. Four you know, units to a building? That's or? right. Yeah. I mean, Four units to a building. That's great. You know, so it's almost like a bunch of quads, you know, uh, quadplexes or eightplexes, you know, mm-hmm. out there. So um, all kind of brought together. So, um yeah, beautiful grounds. It's you know when you have something 1965, you know you have that mature landscaping, that growth of right. trees, and uh, and there's a there's a, a dry creek bed that kind of goes through it, which they lined with uh, with these nice beautiful palm trees and all this. Uh, the property is called Hidden Village, or was called Hidden Village, um, and uh, and so we you know we we um, 
let's see what else about it. I guess it was uh, it's mostly kind of one and two bedroom mm-hmm. um, units, which is great down there. That's that's kind of what's preferred. So right. that was nice. So I was able to take that to the investors and and kind of paint a good story for them about what kind of returns we're going to be able to see from this, uh, where are the risks involved, uh, sure, and uh, and just kind of the the fact that you know the business plan is is just dead simple. You know it's it's a matter of just increasing NOI, which is always the name of the game with uh, with these kind of real estate deals, these value add deals, right? And so you know just. Do some uh, do some renovation to increase the rents in the property, you know, increase the value, so people want you know are, are willing to pay more for these units. Right. Uh, you know, put in some kind of pro- uh, professional management, property management, and like we we are using third party property management. I'm not trying to you know run this deal myself. That's not my expertise. Sure. And sure. Uh, so let let another leverage in. point for you, right? Another leverage point, absolutely. Yeah. And using somebody with with you know with tons of experience and a lot of professional people in that environment um, to reduce expenses and, you know, increase income and, uh, and do it all with, uh, with the bank's money for the most part, you know? Right. Yeah. So you're leveraged on a, a number of different aspects. Um, and, uh, and mostly with the experience, you know, bringing in somebody with great experience to be able to execute these business plans. Uh, and so I kind of am able to sit back and, and sit at what we call the asset management role, Right. Just to manage the manager, so to speak. Right. You know, so, you know, tracking long term trends, making sure that that, you know, things are going well and, and that, you know, uh, the investors are are going to be seeing the, the type of returns that we projected for them. And that's, right. that's kind of my role. Um, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not deciding what paint color is going on or, or signing leases. You know, that's that's right. their world. And I'm letting I'm letting them run with that. Uh, as long as things are going well, right? Right. And that's the deal. And just you know, uh, just auditing that process makes sure they're they're successful. So, um, so as as of now, um, you know, we're we're doing really well. We're you know, kind of beating projections in a lot of way, which is fantastic. Love it already. Yeah, so. yeah that's that's huge. And it's a real balancing act. Um, look, 176 units is is a substantial first deal, first sure. time out. You know, um, but. <laughs> it's, we talk about the efficiencies and kind of the economies of scale and stuff like that. And I don't think it really hits you till you take over and close and show up and go, wow, I own this. And I, right. I really don't know where the paint's getting bought, you know? Yeah. Um, and you can't just let a property management company, you know, just hands off, let them run. Um, especially if, you know, you're not familiar with them or whatever, but, but at some point, you know, you're the CEO of the, right. of the firm. And, you know, if you're spending time on too much minutia, that's inefficient. That's inefficient. right. So real balancing act there, but. And it's in a lot of ways, you know, this, this is a leap of faith in, in yeah, so many different yeah. ways, you know, um, a leap of faith into the, you know, to bringing on investors uh, right. and just assuming that the people that have made commitments to you will, could follow through with that commitment. Oh yeah. Leap of faith that you can apply for, you know, a $12 million loan and get it. Right. At some point, somebody wires money in, you know, $12 million to you. It's like, that's right. That's crazy for me to think that big numbers. Yeah. We're talking big numbers and, uh, in a leap of faith to, to be able to, uh, to, to really understand and be able to trust, a property manager or something to have your best interest uh, involved. So yeah, choosing, choosing those vendors and those partners uh, is really the name of the game, making sure that network is there, that, that relationship is being built. You're not just finding these people off the street and just saying, yeah, okay, fine. Or, or on Craigslist or something like, right. You know, every, every group I've been involved with in this project are people that, you know, we've had one-on-one conversations with 
Uh, we talk about what's you know what's important to, to you. How do you run your business? Um, right. You know, and we talk about where everybody's getting paid. You know, up front, that's important to yep. you know to make sure that where everybody's you know uh, yeah where it's all coming from. That's that's you know it's a funny conversation to have sometimes because you don't normally do that in a day to day life. Like, sure. You know, how much are you getting paid and, and where are you getting paid from? You know. Right. But in this world, you got to you know you got to you, you just you bring that up and that's that's a discussion topic. But yeah. So that's been uh, a real leap of faith to to get into all these relationships with people. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But like like any new job or anything, you acclimate to it. That's right. And then what a lot of us do is go, well, okay, I did that. Now what, right? So what you know now that you're kind of on the other side of it, and um, you know, congratulations again because there's a huge amount of work that goes into going from zero to one. Uh, going from one to two is just like a completely different animal. You, obviously, there's right. going to be challenges on any real estate transaction. But what do you see for for the future? I mean, are you are you hooked? Are you going to let this play out for a little while? You know, are you right. chomping a bit at the bit for the next project? Where, where's your head at on that? Yeah. So you know, um, going into so we you know we closed in December and and we're recording this kind of late late March, um, yep. 2022. So we've been in the property for you know about three months now. And uh, we went through rebranding. Now it's called the Aliso, uh, right. and and so I really wanted to be, because it's my first deal to really focus on making sure it settles. You know, let the dust right. settle a little bit. Let make sure I get my systems in place of things that I didn't know I needed. You know, exactly. You know, yeah. certain spreadsheets, certain you know uh, distribution emails, and uh, you know, getting your portal going. All the stuff that sure that you know, it's all kind of start one time startup stuff. A lot, yeah, of it. yeah, and it's stuff that's going to benefit me in the in the future. Sure. Um, and you know, you talked about early on. Uh, you know, when did you start your company? Things like that. Well, I started right. my company when we were closing the deal. You yeah, know? it's like you know, the the entity that you're doing all this with doesn't honestly matter until you actually have something to do because you, you create right. a new entity every time. You know, for the most part, that owns the asset. That own the owns the asset. So it's you know, creating your your little LLC. You know, does that really matter? You know, I don't know. Probably not. Not as much as people think. You know, that's right. It's really a matter of like focus on the things that are visible, the things that are going to get you. You know, move that needle. Um, and so that was kind of a funny deal to now have all these entities that you know um, that are involved, which is which is funny how many entities really are involved in these. these yeah, it is. But yeah. But anyway, so you know, so what happens next? Now, now this dust is settled. I got my you know, systems and processes in place. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, now I'm, I'm, you know, hitting the, hitting the, uh, the streets again. Like I'm, you know, uh, connecting with, uh, with, with brokers again, starting to tour properties, putting LOIs out and underwriting, just kind of going back to that. Um, what I have been doing for the past, you know, probably 18 months before that. Sure. Um, kind of getting back into the rhythm and it's, it's a, it's a comfortable seat, but it's a different, you know, a different way I look at it now. Um, right. And you see things from different perspective and you have a little bit more credibility, uh, you know, going in from zero than, than, you know, one hundred percent. I mean, your sellers and your brokers are going to look at you differently. That's right. I mean, it's everybody can talk a good game, whatever. What do you own? What do you own in this market? Right. What do you own? That's the same. That's the same in this market, right? right? Same size, same vintage, whatever the case is. I was kind of astonished and disheartened when I started pursuing large multifamily I'm like, I've done hundreds of houses, you know, I, man, I know real estate. I've seen every sort of disaster and brokers like, don't care how, how many hundred plus unit apartment complex. Right. Have? 
Uh, and that was kind of discouraging because yeah. they, nobody cares. Um, show me something that you closed, you know, that's similar to what I'm trying to sell you now. Absolutely. And I, and I really underwrote a lot of, uh, you know, anywhere from 20, 30, 50 unit um, sure. deals as well. And I, yep. I kind of, it's a totally different animal. Those, Absolutely. Those smaller deals. And there, there's value to them. Sure. Certainly. Um, I, I've tended to, you know, uh, really enjoy the the, uh, the economies of scale with a larger property with a hundred, you know, hundred fifty plus unit kind of right, property. Right, right. There's there's different ways you approach it. Yeah, um, I mean, just your payroll budget line item alone. Sure. On a property yeah. that size lets you do something meaningful. Right. And so you, you add a zero to all your stuff, and and now you're still doing the same things. Um, yep. So with the smaller deals, you're you're you know, it's uh, it's just a kind of a you know, it's a different animal. So. Uh, and if, if, you know, someone were to buy those, you know, you have a 20 unit or so you go to buy a 150 unit, does that 20 unit, you know, gain credibility? Um, like right. you know, a lot of people talk about that progression of going from a, you know, single family to a fourplex to an aplex 16, 32, 50 or whatever, and kind of building up. Right. Um, in my experience, I didn't see that as a necessity. Sometimes that's a right. prove it to yourself thing. Hundred percent agree. And that's valuable. Yeah. yeah. And those other properties that are smaller than a hundred units, they're they they still have a lot of value. Uh, sure. There just could be more effort per unit <laughs> um put into those than a bigger, you know, bigger property. And and it's not a prerequisite. I mean I'm I'm an example of that. I my right. first deal, my first multifamily deal with 176 units, you know, that's probably right. not crazy common, but it's really a mindset and the people you're around. I, I surrounded myself around people that were doing bigger deals. Right. Um, that was normal for them. That was normal for them. Right. And so I started acclimating and realizing, okay, I'm in a room that can do this. This is possible. They aren't saying, hey, you, you got to do a 30 unit first. Right. Um, and so I said, okay, well, I'm going to trust that and, and kind of pursue that business model. And, and it worked out for me. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it is is just acclimation. That's right. Um, which is which is interesting. Um, but once you have a deal that size, you know every broker, every other owner, every seller knows. Well, they figured out how to get the equity and the debt. That's right. I I, I don't know anything else about this guy, but they clearly figured that piece out. Yeah. Right. So that that's huge. Um, that's awesome. Well, congratulations on that deal. Thank you. That's that's really exciting. I'm a little jealous because uh, <laughs> I had a lot of pain and heartache for a lot of years doing some prove it to myself deals doing a lot of single family and you just kind of leapfrogged all that. So <laughs> I love seeing that though. Cause that's what we talk about. I mean, there's a million ways to make money in real estate, lots of different ways to approach this, but we, we kind of talk about the, the benefits of bigger deals a lot. And right. so to see you go out and do that wasn't easy, right? Plenty of setbacks and all this stuff, but um, all the deals are like that, whether it's a house or whether it's, 200 doors, they, they've all got some hair on them. I mean, sure. that's kind of, that's the reason we're able to get these outsized returns is because of the inefficiencies, you know, it, um, that PE firm from New York probably had whatever spreadsheet and, and made the offer, but ultimately they couldn't, couldn't get it done. Whereas the local guy with some inside knowledge right. and a local team could. And so that's, you know, that's the advantage we have. Absolutely. Um, Kenneth, if somebody listening wants to connect with you, how can they do that? Uh, SumnersCapital.com, my website. Um, you know, there's a form on there, ways to contact me, and um, kind of a free, you know, booklet br brochure to, to find out why um, or, or why to, or how to add multifamily maybe to an existing portfolio that you already have. So if you you're big into stocks and, and um, bonds or something or whatever, you know, why multifamily could be a good offset to that to, to help kind of diversify. So uh, SumnersCapital.com. That's that's M N. Uh, so. <laughs> All right. 
that's uh you know i i just chose my last name as the as the perfect um, the deal which is sometimes hard to spell but yeah go to your show notes and yeah it'll be in the show notes yeah so yep. check it out uh for the spelling on that but uh yeah but sumnerscapital.com is the best way to get a hold of me excellent well kenneth congratulations on the deal i look forward to seeing what the rest of the year uh has for you and um you know to those listening that are thinking about this you're kind of a textbook case study of you know corporate professional guy got educated took action pushed through some challenges and kind of skipped all the all the middle part with the exception of a couple of houses so nothing makes me happier than seeing that right because that's what we talk about um as as you know kind of if i were to start all over that's how i would do it right having gone through lots of other uh dead ends and challenges myself so congratulations look forward to seeing the rest and thanks for coming on the show really appreciate it thanks Devin. appreciate it all right take care Thank you for listening to the DJE Podcast. For more information, please go to DJETexas.com.